0: It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Sports Radio Network. guys. guys. Tracy Lockett. Chris Mitchell. Tracy Lockett. Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. guys. guys. These guys, know sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys know sports. These guys
1: know- And welcome to wise guys, these guys know sports. Here live on the Worldwide Sports Network on the Wise Guys Podcast. Everybody go and follow the Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys Underscore H also on Facebook Wise Guys. We should sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram. These guys know sports. It's Thursday, October the 13th. Another day, another show with Trey Larkins of the Wise Guys sports show. We got an action jam-packed show tonight. NFL Week 6 preview. We got some big-time matchups taking place. Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City this weekend. An AFC battle between two powerhouse teams in the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. Also, we have the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. It's an NFC East battle at Lincoln Financial Field Sunday night on NBC. It's going to be a great matchup between two powerhouse teams in the NFC. So we got two great matchups between two powerhouse teams in the AFC, in the Chiefs, and Bills. And then the NFC with the Cowboys and Eagles. So it's going to be a great NFL Week 6. We're also going to talk about the other games in Week 6. we got the Bengals traveling to New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Saints. And the New York Jets are going to be in Green Bay to take on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And also this weekend, the MLB playoffs. we got the Braves and Phillies facing off against each other. In the National League playoffs, we got the Astros and Mariners playing against each other in the AL playoffs, Yankees, Guardians as well in the AL, and Dodgers, Padres, and the NL. So some, some great sports for this weekend, great matchups in the NFL, great playoff matchups in Major League Baseball, but we begin the show tonight with the Thursday night, football matchup as the one and four Washington commanders are traveling to Chicago at Soldier Field to take on Justin Fields and the two and three Chicago Bears so when I look at this matchup first and foremost the thing that everyone's talking about this week is the comments made by Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera made some comments he was on a conference call and they asked Ron Rivera why are the Washington Commanders last in the NFC East? And Ron Rivera gave a very, very simple answer. And he said the main reason why the Washington Commanders are last in the NFC East is because of the quarterback in Carson Wentz. And Ron Rivera, he has been an NFL coach for multiple years. He has a career record of 94. 91 and one as a head coach in the NFL. So he's won 51% of his games. He coached in Carolina. And for majority of his years coaching in Carolina, he had the luxury of coaching Cam Newton. So Ron Rivera isn't used to having an average quarterback the likes of Carson Wentz. So I believe even though, Ron Rivera is right in his comments about Carson Wentz, and I'm going to get to that in a, minute, in a bit. You can't say these things in press conferences, in conference calls, when you're talking about your football team. It's a bad look because now Carson Wentz knows exactly how Ron Rivera feels. Now, again, whether or not Ron Rivera is right about his quarterback and their shortcomings so far this season, is another conversation that I'm going to get into here shortly. But as a head coach, you have to have better judgment and understand that you cannot allow these comments to be said publicly. Now, you can say whatever you want privately, but publicly you cannot say these comments because it's going to tarnish the relationship that Ron Rivera has with Carson Wentz overall. And he could lose Carson Wentz. And Wentz won't pay attention to him in meetings. And he'll tune out Ron Rivera. So I think these comments being made publicly was bad for Ron Rivera. And he has to have better judgment. He's been an NFL coach way too long to have a mistake like this happen. You got to understand when you're a head coach, whatever you say, players, they take those things to heart. And you can't take it back. I know he had a conversation with Carson Wentz, but their relationship will never be the same because now Wentz knows exactly how his head coach feels about him. And he doesn't believe in him as his starting quarterback for his football team. Wentz knows that Rivera doesn't believe in him. So Rivera, he dropped the ball there. Now, we all know what Ron Rivera said He was 100% accurate in his assessment of Carson Wentz. You look at Carson Wentz in his career. Carson Wentz, he has 150 touchdowns, 63 interceptions. He has 21,764 passing yards. He's completed 63% of his passes. His best season came in 2017. He led the Philadelphia Eagles to 11-2 record. That year, he had 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, but he got injured, and Nick Foles took over for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he led them to a Super Bowl championship, their their first championship in a very, very long time in Philadelphia. And ever since 2017, Carson Wentz has not been the same, and his career has went downhill ever since The year 2017. That was his best season of his career. 33 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. I was having a conversation with people around that time on how Carson Wentz was better than Jared Goff. He was better than Dak Prescott. And he's been a turnover machine since 2017. His one year last year in Indianapolis, he had 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. He completed 62% of his passes. He had 3,563 passing yards, but he wasn't very good when the Colts needed him the most. Last year, week 18, a playoff berth on the line, Carson Wentz went to Jacksonville, and he wet the bed for the Indianapolis Colts, and the Colts were at home with the rest of us watching the playoffs last year. I thought they had upgraded at quarterback, bringing in Carson Wentz because they had Philip Rivers the year prior. And Rivers was out of his prime. He wasn't the same Philip Rivers in Indianapolis that he was when he was with San Diego. So he was in comparison to his days in San Diego, he wasn't the same. So I, I believe that Carson Wentz is not very good, he's turnover prone. And this year, he's having an average year, 10 touchdowns, six interceptions. He got 1,390 passing yards. He's completing 63% of his passes. So Carson Wentz is having a decent season. But it is inevitable, watching Carson Wentz as a quarterback, that at some point what can go wrong will go wrong. We've seen it in week four, I mean week five, Weather. Against the Tennessee Titans, the Titans were up 21-17. The Commanders had marched down the field. They were in position to score a game-winning touchdown. And Carson Wentz, right on schedule, threw an interception, game over for the Commanders. They had an opportunity to win that game against the Titans. And Carson Wentz threw an interception, And this is something that we've been accustomed to seeing with Carson Wentz over the last four or five years. Wentz either throws an interception or he fumbles the football in the pocket. And that's also something that I'm keeping an eye on tonight as I watch this game. Carson Wentz, he's been sacked 20 times this season. He's been sacked the third most in the NFL this year. Only Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford has been sacked more than Wentz has this year. So I understand that Ron Rivera's comments is not something that a head coach should say publicly, but we all know Ron Rivera was 100% correct in his assessment when discussing his quarterback, Carson Wentz. Now, when you look at this Washington Commander's offense overall, They are ranked 13th in the NFL in total yards. Their passing attack is top 10 in the NFL. They average 253 passing yards per game. And I actually like some of their skill position players. They got Terry McLaurin. They also have Cam Sims. They got Curtis Samuel. And then in their backfield, they got Brian Robinson, who I believe is going to get the start tonight in Chicago against the Bears. Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick is great at catching the ball out of the backfield. So I like some of their skill position players like Curtis Samuel, like Terry McLaurin, like Cam Sims, Logan Thomas, their tight end. He's average. So their passing attack has been pretty good so far this season. It's been top 10 in the NFL. Now, their rushing attack is not as good, even though I like their running backs. They're not, they haven't been able to run the football effectively this year. They're averaging 89 points per game on the ground. So it's been Carson Wentz or bust for this commander's offense so far this season. We'll see what happens. Now you look at the other side, Justin Fields for the Chicago Bears. For the season, Justin Fields, he got three touchdowns, four interceptions, 679 passing yards. He's completed 56% of his passes and a lot of people they don't believe that Justin Fields is a quarterback that the Chicago Bears can build around. People got their questions about Justin Fields and if the Chicago Bears can build around him as their franchise quarterback for future seasons to come. The confidence that the Bills have in Josh Allen that the Chiefs have in Patrick Mahomes, that the Cardinals have in Kyler Murray, that the Chargers have in Justin Herbert, the Bears organization, they don't have that same confidence in Justin Fields yet. And I believe in Justin Fields. I like Justin Fields. And I believe Justin Fields has tremendous upside. But so far in his career, he has 10 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 2,549 passing yards. So he hasn't been very good so far in his career. He hasn't been very good. I like Justin Fields when he played at the collegiate level. At Ohio State, I thought Justin Fields was a big reason why the Buckeyes were able to compete for championships multiple years in Ohio State for his career, Justin Fields in college, he had 67 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 5,701 passing yards. He completed 69% of his passes in college. So I had high expectations for Justin Fields once he came into the NFL. But so far in his young NFL career, he hasn't been very good. He hasn't been very good. He has time to improve as the season goes along, but he hasn't been very good in his young career. But the problem is, overall, the Chicago Bears, they don't have much for Justin Fields to work with. Their skill position players are awful. They're awful. Inquinus St. Brown, Dante Pettis, Vellis Jones Jr., who are these guys they are unknowns their tight end is Cole commit he's okay I like their running back in David Montgomery shout out to David Montgomery he's from the Cincinnati area big shout out to Dave love to bring more wise guys one day but that Bears offense don't have many options for Justin Fields to distribute the football to so I can only blame Justin Fields so much for the shortcomings for this Bears offense. Offensively, the Bears, they got the worst passing attack in the NFL. They averaged 117 total passing yards per game. They only averaged 293 total yards per game. That's ranked dead last in the NFL Their rushing attack is ranked fifth in the NFL, so they can run the football, but their passing game is a non-factor for them being able to compete in football games. So, again, this is probably going to be one of the worst matchups that we have on Thursday night football this season. Uh, We're coming into the season, looking at the schedule. I was looking forward to seeing the Colts and Broncos, even though that was a disappointment last week. I was looking forward to seeing the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals and the Browns and the Steelers. But this is probably one of the worst matchups that we're going to have on Thursday night football this year. With that being said, I'm going to roll with the Bears to get it done tonight and beat the Commanders at Soldier Field. I'm rolling with the Bears to beat the Commanders 17-14. I think it's going to be low scoring. That Bears passing attack is not very good, and that Commander's offensive line has not protected Carson Wentz very much this season. And even when he he is protected, I still don't believe in Carson Wentz overall. So I'm rolling with the Bears to beat the Commanders 17-14 tonight. Let's transition to breaking news out of Las Vegas as Devontae Adams has been charged with a misdemeanor assault. Devontae Adams shoved the credential person carrying equipment to the ground after loss to the Chiefs. So my initial reaction to the situation involving Devontae Adams was looking at the video, watching it live. I didn't think it was a big deal but I went and watched the video multiple times and I changed my position on Devontae Adams and this situation when he shoved a credential worker in the immediate aftermath of their loss to the Chiefs. Devontae Adams has to be suspended for one game by Roger Goodell in the NFL. He should also be significantly fined by the NFL for his actions. Now I want to be very clear about this because we always try to bring up individuals who have a bad track record when a situation occurs. I believe we have to have that same energy when someone with a good track record gets into a situation. Devontae Adams is a player in the NFL that has great, great individual characteristics as a person. He's a high-character player, and I speak to a lot of NFL members who cover multiple teams, and they always talk about the player and the person that Devontae Adams is. He's great on the field. He has emerged. As being the best receiver in the NFL, he had a great connection with Aaron Rodgers while he was in Green Bay for eight seasons. And he was a model citizen when he was in Green Bay. And he's been a model citizen since he's been in Las Vegas in this short time period. He's the face of the Las Vegas Raiders franchise. And he had a bad moment after the game. Let's not assassinate his character and pretend like Devontae Adams is this horrible person because Devontae Adams is a good brother. He's an upstanding individual and he's a tremendous role model for young fans who watch him Sunday to Sunday. So let's not act like Devontae Adams is a horrible person. But he did make a mistake because he could not manage his emotions in the immediate aftermath against the Kansas City Chiefs. For that game, he had three receptions, 124 receiving yards, two touchdowns, but on the last possession, third down, Carr, he threw it past the Devontae Adams, up the right sideline, Devontae tried to get his feet down. He bobbled the football, wasn't able to complete the catch, was called incomplete. And on fourth down, the play of the night that the Raiders needed, Devontae collided with Hunter Renfro and the Raiders ultimately lost the game 30-29 to 29, and Devontae Adams was frustrated because his team failed to 1-4 on the season. And this... It's something that Devontae Adams is not used to as a star receiver in the NFL. Remember when he was in Green Bay, he went to back to back NFC Championship games. He helped the Packers win multiple division titles during his tenure in Green Bay. And he's used to having the ball thrown to him by Aaron Rodgers. And I believe he's coming to the realization that over the next four or five years, instead of Aaron Rodgers throwing him the football, it's going to be Derek Carr. Now, he has a great relationship with Derek Carr. Dating back to their days at Fresno State, they had a great connection at Fresno, and they put up historical numbers at Fresno State. But going from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr is like going to McDonald's and then having... Jay Alexander's. It's a spot out here in Cincinnati. It's a spot that's a nice upscale spot. I like their food. It's pretty good. But it's an upscale spot. It's it's, it's top tier. McDonald's is a fast food spot. So that's how the comparison is with Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr. So, again, he had a bad moment. Frustrated because his team lost their fourth game in a row. And he knows their chances of making the playoffs – It's slim. It's slim in the AFC. In the AFC West alone, you're competing against the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. And if you fall behind in the standings, you may not be able to overcome a few games lost in the early part of the season. And Devontae Adams knows that. They won and four in the season. They haven't lost four straight games. I misspoke on that. But they did lose their fourth game of the season and they are 1-2 and two in the AFC West this year. Their one win came against the Broncos in Week 4, but they lost Week 1 to the Chargers, and they lost Week 5 to the Chiefs. So they're 1-2 in the AFC West. Their chances at making the postseason is very, very slim at this moment. So Devontae was frustrated. He should be suspended by the NFL for one game because Roger Goodell, In the NFL, you have to send a message to players the same way they are holding fans accountable for not putting their hands on players. They have to hold players accountable to not put their hands on fans, on photographers, on reporters in the immediate aftermath of games. You have to be able to manage your emotions from the time you walk off the sideline until you get into the locker room. This is why the NFL have a protocol in place in a cool-off period for players after games. Players, they hop in the shower, and they have a cool-off period before the media is allowed into the locker room. And I believe also, in this situation, the Kansas City Chiefs' security should have stepped in and not allowed this photographer to run across Devontae Adams' path. He did run across Devontae Adams' path. The more angles that I looked at, I said, well, he ran right into Devontae. Devontae was wrong for how he reacted by pushing the man, but he did run into Devontae's path. Also, I want to be very, very clear about something else. This is a money grab by this photograph. We got to call it what it is. He got up immediately after Devontae Adams pushed him to the ground. He got up and continued to go about his business. And all of a sudden, we hear reports a few hours into the night how this man went to the hospital and then he filed a police report on Wednesday. This is a money grab. And this is something that people who elevate in life and they reach a certain level, who have money, you have to move a certain way when you elevate your quality of life because there are people out here who know you have money who will bait you into certain situations because they are trying to have a come up in their personal life and they're trying to grab some money and they know that you have money so when you reach a certain level in life in whatever career that you choose you have to move a certain way so you don't put yourselves In positions like Devontae Adams is in right now. You can't put yourself in that type of position. This photographer knows Devontae Adams isn't a bad guy. He knows it. He's filing charges for assault? I'm sorry. When I think of assault, I'm thinking about what Draymond Green did to Jordan Poole. That's assault. What Devontae Adams did to this photographer is not assault. He was frustrated, and he pushed the photographer. But that's not assault to me. Now, I know the letter of the law says that it more than likely is assault. But for him to go and foul charges, I think it's something that is going overboard. But we know this is a money grab. That's what it's all about. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys. No sports. We got an action jam-packed show still ahead. It's NFL Week 6. I'm going to preview Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. And I'm also going to talk about an NFC East battle between the Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles here in a bit. I'll be right back. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
0: Uh, Tracy, Larkins, Chris, Mitchell. These guys know sports. Wise guys. Wise guys. These guys know sports. Uh, uh-huh. no sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no sports. These guys sports. These guys know sports. These guys know.
1: And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports here live on the World Wise Sports Network. Everybody remember, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore h. OH. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Make sure to follow Wise Guys Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Call into the show, 513-203-8655, 513-203-8655. Any games that you are looking forward to this upcoming weekend, Let's talk about them. We got Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes facing off against each other in Kansas City. We got the Cowboys at 4-1 traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia Eagles who are 5-0 at Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday night. Big time matchups in the NFL this weekend. Again, we also got the MLB playoffs that I'm looking forward to watching on Saturday. Braves, Phillies in the National League, Dodgers, Padres as well and in the AL, we got the Yankees, Guardians and Astros and Mariners. So, great baseball going to be played this weekend, some nice matchups. In college football as well. It's going to be a nice sports weekend. Be a nice sports weekend. I know here in the city in Cincinnati, Bingo fans, they're 2 and 3 on the season, fresh off of a 19 to 17 loss to the Baltimore Ravens last week. They got a must-win game against the New Orleans Saints. Green Bay Packers play the New York Jets at Lambeau this week. So Packers trying to improve on their record as well. But before I get to my NFL Week 6 Wise Picks, I want to go over my Wiser Last segment of the day. Zion Williamson had a simple message after New Orleans Pelicans' preseason game in Miami on Wednesday night. I'm fine, said Zion Williamson. For those who saw the Pelicans' power forward roll his left ankle in the second quarter of the game, Williamson was delivering excellent news. Williamson, who didn't play at all last season because of problems with his right foot, he got hurt on a play where he grabbed a rebound, brought the ball down court, split multiple heat defenders, and got to the rim, his left ankle simply appeared to buckle as he planted, without making contact with any other player. So, is it wiser last wise to say the Pelicans' playoff hopes depend on the availability of Zion Williamson? That is a lie. I believe that even without Zion Williamson, the Pelicans are a playoff team in the Western Conference. You got C.J. McCollum, you got Brandon Ingram, so. This Pelicans team is a playoff team with or without Zion Williamson. And Willie Green, the head coach of the Pelicans, I thought he did an outstanding job leading this Pelicans basketball team to the playoffs, and they competed in the first round against the Phoenix Suns. So I think the Pelicans are a playoff team with or without zion williamson let's transition to the next topic free agent odell beckham jr expressed his dissatisfaction with his most recent contract offer from the los angeles rams but head coach sean McVay believes the team isn't done negotiating with the star wide receiver this is sean McVay. he said quote i love odell McVay told reporters wednesday we have constant dialogue. He's He also knows that certainly I don't think that's the last offer that would come from us. I'm not familiar with what it is. He knows how we feel about him. We got a little bit of time. That was Sean McVay speaking on the offer made by the Rams to reporters. So is it wise or last to say the Rams playoff hope depend on if they sign OBJ. That is wise. this LA Rams offense is an offense that is too Cooper Cup dependent for me. They don't involve Allen Robinson. I don't understand why the hell you go and sign Allen Robinson if you're not going to involve him in the passing game. It is literally Cooper Cup or bus for this LA Rams offense. They're one-dimensional because they have no rushing attack to speak of whatsoever. Cam Akers hasn't been the same Cam Akers that he was before his injury. So I believe this Rams team needs Odell Beckham to be a playoff team in the NFC. Let's transition to the third Wiser last topic. Behold, the Pittsburgh Steelers find themselves in is basically unprecedented during Mike Tomlin's long and largely successful tenure. Five games into the season, the Steelers are 1-4, and, and they are an injury-plagued football team, and they've been awful on defense. They're young and an inexperienced and ineffective offensive team as well. The upcoming schedule is daunting. And there is no Super Bowl winning quarterback in the huddle to bail them out or calm the waters. So, is it wise or last to say that the Pittsburgh Steelers, with head coach Mike Tomlin, will suffer their first losing season under Mike Tomlin? I believe that is wise. Mike Tomlin, since he's been the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin. He has a career record of 155-88-2, so he's won 63% of his games. But I believe this team that Mike Tomlin currently has will be the first team in his career that gives him a losing season on his coaching resume. They don't have a quarterback to speak of because Kenny Pickett is young. Mitchell Trubisky was never the answer. Their defense just gave up 38 points to Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. So their defense isn't the same defense that it has been in previous years. T.J. Watt is still out with his injury. So I believe this is going to be Mike Tomlin's first losing season as a head coach in the NFL. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys. On Instagram with these guys know sports. I'm going to come back and do my NFL week six wise picks and also preview Bills Chiefs and Cowboys Eagles. I'll be right back.
0: It is the wide Sports Radio Network. Radio,
1: Network. Radio Network. And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports here live on the Worldwide Sports Network everybody remember going follow wise guys on Twitter at wise guys underscore H. also on Facebook wise guys be sure to follow wise guys on Instagram at these guys no sports let's get into my NFL week six wise picks last week I went eight and seven so I had a rough week with my weekly wise picks in weeks three and four combined I went 20 and ten. So that was pretty impressive, but not so much last week. I went eight and seven. So got to do better with my NFL weekly wise picks. So let's get right to our wise picks of the week. We got the Minnesota Vikings favored by three and a half points traveling to Miami to take on the Miami Dolphins. It's a one o'clock start in Miami. The over under for this game is 45.5. Honestly, I am rooting for the Miami Dolphins to win this game because I want the Packers to beat the Jets and the Vikings to lose so the Packers and Vikings can be even at the top of the NFC North standings. So I'm rooting for the Dolphins, but I know the Vikings are going to take care of business in Miami because the Dolphins right now, Tua and Bridgewater are both on the injury report. That's a possibility that Bridgewater will play and be active on Sunday. But right now, the Dolphins are going to be starting their third-string quarterback. I believe the Vikings are going to take care of business in Miami. I'm rolling with the Vikings to beat the Dolphins. I'll go Vikings 24, Dolphins 13. Moving on to an AFC battle in Cleveland. The New England Patriots are traveling to Cleveland to take on Brissett and the Browns. The Browns are favored by three points. It's a one o'clock kickoff. The over under for this game is 43 and a half. I believe the Browns are a better football team than the Patriots are. I believe Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt will have decent games, but we know going up against Bill Belichick, Belichick takes away what you do best. He's going to take away your strength. So I think he's going to force Brissett to throw the ball to Donovan Peoples-Jones, David and Njokul in the passing game for the Browns. And I think Brissett will have a good game overall. I'm rolling with the Browns to beat the Patriots in Cleveland. I'll go Browns 21, Patriots 10. The 49ers are streaking. They have won two straight. They are favored by five and a half points over the Atlanta Falcons. It's a one o'clock kickoff in Atlanta. The over-under for this game is 44 and a half. The 49ers are a better football team than the Falcons are. I have been impressed with Arthur Smith and the Falcons so far this season, and I think they're playing some pretty good football. They got robbed. Last week in Tampa, because they would have had an opportunity to take the lead against the Bucks had they scored, but they call a terrible roughing the passer penalty on Jared. I like the way the Falcons have played this year, but they're going to lose against the 49ers this week. I'm rolling with the 49ers to beat the Falcons in Atlanta. I'll go 49ers 27, Falcons 20. I think the factors keep it close, but the 49ers walk away with the win. Buccaneers favored by eight points. They are in Pittsburgh. It's a one o'clock kickoff. The over-under for this game is 44. The Steelers are a terrible football team. The Buccaneers are a significantly better team than the Steelers are. I'm rolling with the Buccaneers to blow out the Steelers in Pittsburgh at Hines Field. I'll go Bucks, thirty-one Steelers, fourteen. This actually is a matchup I'm looking forward to seeing on Sunday. The Ravens are five and zero, oh, or I'm sorry, three and two on the season, but they're favored by five points in this game against the Giants. One o'clock kickoff in New York. The over/under for this game is forty-five points. It's gonna be a great matchup. I'm going to roll with the Ravens to beat the Giants in New York, but I think it's going to be close. I'll go Ravens 24, Giants 21. I think Tucker kicks another game-winning walk-off field goal for the Ravens. Jaguars at Colts AFC South Battle in Indianapolis. must-win for Matt Ryan and the Colts. The last time the Colts had a must-win, they beat Mahomes and the Chiefs in Indianapolis. I think they take care of business at home. The Colts are favored by two points. It's a one o'clock kickoff in Indy. I'm gonna roll with Matt Ryan to beat Trevor Lawrence in Indianapolis. I'll go Colts 20. Jaguars 17. Cardinals favored by three points in. Seattle. It's a 405 kickoff. The over under for this game is 50. I believe that this will be an upset. This is my upset pick of the week. I picked the Seahawks to win last week and they covered for me with my upset pick. So I'm going to roll with the Seahawks to win again in Seattle at home against the Cardinals last week. I picked what well they actually they lost. The, the Seahawks lost last week to the Saints. It was a close game the week before they beat the Lions, a game. I picked them in. They, they, they beat the Lions. So I'm gonna roll with the Seahawks to beat the Cardinals in Seattle. I'll go Seahawks 31 Cardinals. 24. They give be a high scoring game for sure. Panthers. At Rams, the Rams are favored by 10.5 points. It's a 4.05 kickoff. The over-under for this game is 41 points. Rams take care of business over the Panthers. I'll go Rams 27. Panthers 10. Panthers are not very good. Bengals at Saints in New Orleans. This is a must win for the Bengals. I'm going to roll with the Bengals to beat the Saints. In New Orleans, I think the Bengals are a more complete football team than the Saints currently are. I'm going to roll with the Bengals beating the Saints. I'll go Bengals 34, Saints 20. So I think this is the Bengals' best offensive performance of the season, and I think Joe Burrow and that offense are going to put up points. Jets at Packers. Packers are favored by seven points. In Green Bay, it's a 1 o'clock kickoff. The over-under for this game is 44-and-a-half. I believe Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers take care of business against the New York Jets. I'm going to roll with the Packers to have their best performance offensively as well. I'm going Packers 30, Jets 17. So I think the Packers cover the spread, and they have their best performance. Offensive performance of the season. Packers 30, Jets 17. Broncos at Chargers. in AFC West battle in L.A. on Monday night football. I'm rolling with the Chargers to beat the Broncos. Chargers are favored by five points. It's an 8-15 kickoff on Monday night football. The over-under for the game is 45 and a half. I don't like the way the Broncos have looked. Russell Wilson looks like a shell of himself and he doesn't look like an elite quarterback. Justin Herbert and the Chargers, they've won two straight games, and they're starting to click on all cylinders. I roll with the Chargers to beat the Broncos in L.A. I'll go Chargers 27, Broncos 17. I'm Trey Larkins on the World Wide Sports Network. I'm going to come back and preview Bills, Chiefs and Cowboys Eagles I'll be back here shortly. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Wise guys. 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 Tracy Lockins. Chris Mitchell.
0: Uh. Uh. Tracy Lockins. Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. White White guys. guys. White White's guys. guys. White's 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 guys. Christmas. Christmas. These guys, know sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys know sports. These guys sports.
1: These guys And welcome back to Wise Guys, These Guys Know Sports here on the Worldwide Sports Network. Remember, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter. At Wise Guys underscore which also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Let me sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram. With these guys know sports. Let's get to a big time matchup in the AFC. It's Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills traveling to Kansas City to take on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bills are favored, got two and a half points. It's a 425 p.m. kickoff on CBS. The over-under for this game is 54. Also for this game, for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, this is unfamiliar territory. It's been 41 career home starts for Patrick Mahomes where he's been the favorite in games played at Arrowhead. So that's 41 career home starts as a favorite. It's the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career where he's going to be an underdog. That's interesting. Remember, this matchup between the Bills and Chiefs is a matchup that we've seen previously in the playoffs. I go back to the AFC Championship game a few years ago. Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead. That day, the Chiefs beat the Bills 38 24 and josh allen in that game he went 28 of 48 he had 287 passing yards two touchdowns one interception he got sacked four times in that game he had an 80.8 quarterback rating for the chiefs mahomes he went 29 of 38 he threw for 325 passing yards three touchdowns no interception his quarterback rating was 127 Now, for the two teams, that evening in Kansas City, this is the AFC Championship game a few years ago, the Bills had 363 total yards of offense. The Chiefs had 439 total yards of offense. So that was a great matchup. Now let's transition to last year in the playoffs. They met in the divisional round of the playoffs. This time, the game went to overtime, and Patrick Mahomes outlasted Josh Allen, and the Chiefs beat the Bills 42-36. to 36. For the Bills, Josh Allen had his best performance of his career in the playoffs. He went 27 of 37. He threw for 329 passing yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions a 136 quarterback rating. Patrick Mahomes had a great performance as well. 33 of 44, 378 passing yards, three touchdowns, 123 passer rating. Key note in that game, Gabe Davis had the best game of his career. He had eight receptions, 201 receiving yards, four touchdowns. And honestly, that Chiefs defense held Stefan Diggs in check. Diggs only had three receptions for seven yards in that game in the playoffs last year. I was shocked for the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill, he had 11 receptions, 150 receiving yards, one touchdown. So these two teams have faced off against each other multiple times previously in the postseason. And then last year, the Bills beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. So we've seen... Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes plenty of times before. Now, coming into this matchup, both of these teams are ranked top two in major offensive categories. The Chiefs are ranked first in points per game. The Bills are ranked second in points per game. The Chiefs are ranked first in touchdown drive percentage, and the Bills are ranked second in touchdown drive percentages offensive efficiency the chiefs are first in the nfl and the bills are second in the nfl total yards per game the bills are first in the nfl and the chiefs are sixth in the nfl so when i look at this matchup let's start off with the buffalo bills the buffalo bills four and one on the season they are led by josh allen And Josh Allen, for his career, Josh Allen has 117 touchdowns, 50 interceptions. He has 15,765 passing yards. He's completed 63% of his passes for his career. His quarterback record since he's been the starting quarterback in Buffalo is 43% and 22 so since josh allen has been the quarterback of the buffalo bills he's been sensational and he has elevated himself to be a top five quarterback in the nfl and so far this season he is an early nfl MVP candidate for the season he got 14 touchdowns four interceptions 1651 passing yards He's completed 67% of his passes in the early part of this season. So he's been sensational. He is a franchise quarterback who you can win a Super Bowl with. He's been sensational in the first five games of the season. Now, offensively, for the Buffalo Bills, their best receiver is Stephon Diggs. For the season, Stephon Diggs, he got 39 receptions. 508 receiving yards, five touchdowns. And I believe that connection with Josh Allen is one of the best that we have in the NFL. They up there with Stafford and Cup, Rodgers and Adams when they played together. So Allen and Diggs are up there with some of the best quarterback-wide receiver combinations in the NFL. Now, offensively for the Bills, they got Gabe Davis, they got Stephon Diggs, McKenzie, Dawson Knox who's going to be important in their passing game in this matchup. They got running back Devin Singletary. He's not an elite back, but you can move the chains with Devin Singletary. So this Bills offense is elite, and they have one of the best offenses in the NFL. Now let's transition to the Chiefs. They got Patrick Mahomes, and we all know how great Patrick Mahomes is as a player. He won NFL MVP in his first season as being a starter. And offensively, even though they lost Tyreek Hill, this offense is still playing at a high level. Offensively, they are seventh in total yards per game. They're fourth in passing yards per game. But they're first in total points per game. They average 31.8 points per game. So this is an elite offense. If I'm a betting man, I'm betting the over in this game. This is going to be a high-scoring affair Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are both more than capable of scoring 30-plus points. I was impressed with the Kansas City Chiefs in the matchup against the Buccaneers in Week 4 because they ran the football with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I thought they did a great job involving Hilaire in that game. But against the Raiders in Week 5, that rushing attack wasn't really effective because the Chiefs were down on the scoreboard. They only had 103 rushing yards for the game. So I want to see which of these quarterbacks remains patient and actually goes to the running game. That's what's going to be important for me to see. Will Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes depend on their running game to manufacture points? Because I believe that the defense for both teams they're going to be trying to put together a game plan to slow down these opposing offenses and they're not going to be successful because we know how elite josh allen and patrick mahomes is but i want to see which running back can have the better game will it be singletary or will it be Clyde edwards Hilaire? two great coaches going up against each other andy reed is a legendary head coach one of the best coaches in NFL history, Sean McDermott. He's done an outstanding job for the Buffalo Bills since he's been their head coach. But I I believe this is a matchup that the Bills need more than the Chiefs because in order for the Bills to reach their goals, at some point, you're going to have to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. It's inevitable for the Bills to get where they want to go to without beating Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to have to happen. So I believe this is a must win for the Bills more so than it is for the Chiefs. Chiefs, with Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback, in his first season, Mahomes, 50 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, over 5,000 passing yards, one NFL MVP. In his second season, he led the Chiefs to their – Super Bowl appearance against the San Francisco 49ers. And then in his third season, starting as quarterback, he led the Chiefs back to the Super Bowl, where they did lose to the Buccaneers. But they've been to four AFC Championship games consecutive. They've been to the Super Bowl twice under Patrick Mahomes. We know the Chiefs are a football team that is proven in the NFL. They have proven that they are going to be contenders every season while they have Patrick Mahomes. It's the Bills who are chasing the Chiefs, not the Chiefs chasing the Bills. So I think this is a must win for the Bills. And they believe that they should have been in the Super Bowl last year. Because if they they had won last year against the Chiefs, that AFC championship game would have been in Buffalo. And that's another thing that's important for this game. It's important for the Bills to win this game because they want to have the road to the Super Bowl go through Buffalo. They don't want to have to go to Cincinnati. They don't want to have to go to Kansas City or go to L.A. They want to have the road to the Super Bowl come through Buffalo, New York. And in Buffalo in January, That's a tough place to play, especially for those warm-weather football teams like the Chargers, like the Raiders, if they can figure out a way to get back into the playoff mix. So this is an important game for the Bills for seeding in the AFC. This game got major, major playoff implications. So time for my prediction for this game, big-time matchup. But I'm going to roll. With Josh Allen to beat Patrick Mahomes Sunday afternoon in Kansas City, I'm going Josh Allen, 35, Patrick Mahomes, 31. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair, and I think that Josh Allen will outlast Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead, and I believe that the Buffalo Bills will improve to 5-1 on the season. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at wise Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. We should have followed Wise Guys on Instagram at these guys. No sports. I want to predict this other matchup before I get out of here. It's the Cowboys and the Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday night. It's going to be a great matchup between two great teams and the NFC East. These are the two best teams in the NFC East. Make no mistake about it. I know that the Giants are 4-1 on the season, but the Cowboys and the Eagles are the class of the NFC East. I believe that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to beat the Cowboys in Philadelphia, and this is going to be the game where the Cowboys realize that they need Dak Prescott back in the mix, if they want to be true contenders in the NFC. I'm rolling with the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Dallas Cowboys in Philadelphia at Lincoln Financial Field. I'm going Eagles 24, Cowboys 17. That's what I got. Eagles 24, Cowboys 17. Cooper Rush finally comes back down to earth and has a subpar game. So far in his career, Cooper Rush is 5-0 in his young career as starting quarterback. And I think this is the game where the Philadelphia Eagles, they get after Cooper Rush, and I think he throws one or two interceptions in this game. And I believe Jalen Hurts is going to put on an MVP-caliber performance. He's been an NFL MVP candidate through the first five games of the season, and I think it's going to continue Sunday night in Philly. I'm going Eagles 24 Cowboys 17. Everybody go and follow the wise guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook Wise Guys. And we should follow Wise Guys Instagram these guys. No sports. Again, great sports weekend. MLB playoffs. We got Phillies, Braves, in the NL, Dodgers, Padres as well. In the AL, Astros, Mariners, Yankees, Guardians. So it's gonna be a nice Sports weekend, college football is also going to be playing as well. We're going to have, a, have college football on. So it's going to be a nice sports weekend. Nice sports weekend with a lot of big-time matchups in sports. So I'll be back on next Tuesday and Thursday on the Worldwide Sports Network. Go and follow the Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore OH. Also on Facebook, WiseGuys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram. At These guys know sports. I'm Trey Larkin signing off. Have a great weekend. Wise
0: Guys. These guys know sports. It's is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.